Hello everybody and welcome to another comedian's interview for my blog and podcast A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1000 comedians and counting over the last 46 years. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today live from somewhere in the world. It's Mr. Benjamin Bancoli Bello. Yes. Hello mate, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. You know, I wouldn't do this for everyone. It's because I like you because I'm I'm on holiday at the moment, but it's okay. I can see. It looks fantastic, my friend. No, it's a lovely view, man. It's lovely. It's it's <laughs> Great. It's a great uh, place. I'm in Gaddad. Lovely place. Lovely. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for doing this and taking time out of your holiday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to be recording for the next 45 minutes to an hour and talk and um, be all about your comedy career. Thank you so much for doing this. I'd like to go right back to the start and ask you, how did you become a comedian in the first place, please? Oh, geez, it's a, it's a very, very, I, I would call myself as an accidental comic. Right. Uh, I went to a, a Nigerian wedding reception. So I know this is not common within English wedding uh, events, but with the Nigerian wedding reception, uh, they would normally have like a host, like an MC. Yeah. Similar to what you have at a comedy club, but it's different. Um, and I was a guest at that wedding and I happened to know the, the, the bridegroom who basically was disappointed by an MC who was supposed to come and host the event. And so he had a quiet word with me to say they couldn't find the MC. Uh, he knows I'm naturally funny. I can pull it off. Do I mind hosting the event for him? I was supposed to be there as a guest. I wasn't wow. planning to hold the microphone, uh, but uh, I took the opportunity and uh, there were about 300 guests. Uh, and apparently I did extremely well i livened everybody up you know did my jokes roasted people it was a fun event what i didn't know was that there was a comedy booker at the event who uh knows a lot about comedy and he approached me and he said oh i have never been to a nigerian wedding reception where the host is so funny that you are the life and soul of the party wow have you ever thought of doing stand-up comedy and i just thought stand-up comedy what is that what is stand-up comedy you know <laughs> yeah 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 because uh i did i didn't know it was called stand-up comedy at the time i just wow. knew, i just knew there were people on tv who were uh, uh with their mics telling their stories but i just thought mm, it's just a public address i didn't see stand -up, <laughs> i didn't see the stand-up comedy but also <laughs> i grew up uh watching a lot of uh what i would call sketches rather than stand-up so the likes wow. of likes of Benny Hill, you know, running around and all that. that's the sort of comedy that I, I enjoy. Yeah. So when he said stand-up comedy, I was just a bit confused. And I said, oh, let's go to a place called the Comedy Store, which you will know. And I went to the Comedy Store. They had a gong show. And uh, it was, happened to be a day when they asked me, they, they would ask audience members to come on stage. I went up there did a few jokes, but I didn't even know if I was being jokes. I just did something. I just said something and I I did very well. And uh, I did realize that at the comedy store, you'll have other comedy promoters yeah. who look at what you're doing and then will be interested in you and book you. And so that's how it all began. And I did well at the comedy store because it was a gong, 
gong thing at the time. And then for about five gigs after, I just died, died on my ass. Just literally <laughs> died. <laughs> it was it was death. And I, I suspect, I suspect uh, some people will say that when you when you start stand-up comedy, once you've picked up the mic, it's almost like a drug. I think for me, it was more about the fact that I'd done one gig and I did very well. And the next five gigs, I was dying. And I just thought, no, I'm not giving up. I need to no. find out why. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I haven't looked back ever since. So that's, so I call myself an accidental comic. And then I found out that actually, uh, yeah, you know, some people say you're not doing stand-up comedy. You're a character comedian. You're not doing stand-up comedy. Oh, there, what the hell is that now? What is character comedy? <laughs> That's fantastic, my friend. What an answer. That's great. Um, you, uh, uh, you know, famously, the two Ronnies on television, yeah. they, they, uh, were, um, they, they were at the London Palladium. They were sitting in uh, the audience um, watching, I think it was the Royal Variety shows. There was some show on, yeah. and, or, or they were in it, I think. And, and there was some fault went wrong with the show. Uh, uh, and they were asked to walk on and ad lib whilst uh, there were men and there was all the um comedy promoters in the audience yeah. and that led to the two ronnies so similar thing yeah, with you yeah uh, you never you never know you, you never, never know, know who's who's yeah. uh in the audience honestly and and that's something that's reflected over the years you never yeah. know who's in the audience the last there was a gig i did recently uh in character someone had seen me at another gig and recommended me to the promoter. And it was a corporate gig and it was fantastic. So you never know who's in the audience. You never know, you never know. And and I, I first went to the comedy store in 1988 when I first came down to London. And uh, it's one of the best, obviously it's one of the best comedy clubs going. So to get the experience there, doing yeah. the gong show, it's, it, 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 it's all about experience, I believe. I tell the com all the comedians, even if you have good or bad gigs, it's yeah. all experience and you, yeah. and you have to keep going. So yeah. good on you, my friend. Thank you. Um, so your, your first ever gig, was that the gong show? Uh, I, I wouldn't even I did, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say I was doing a gig. Right. <laughs> I didn't even know, didn't even know what a gig was. I just, I, went, <laughs> I just saw it. I just saw it as a public address. But the really proper proper gig I did was uh, the very first one I did was a gig. Oh, called. Uh, it's been such a long time now. It was in St Albans. It was, it was run by someone called Paul. Or it used to be run by three people: Paul Revel and two other guys um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't remember ah, it's not called Happy Mondays it's not called Mon it's, it's uh, I can't remember the name of the comedy night but so many. I, yeah, yeah, so many <laughs> but, but I really do remember this one because I genuinely thought I smashed it that night and and I performed obviously in character but I wasn't wearing a uniform there was a civilian right. president uh, and I did so well again naively I just thought this is it you know <laughs> this is it i'm going to be on tv soon i'm going to be i'm going to be on tv rich you know <laughs> brilliant brilliant but, but uh looking back it was a good gig i was performing in front of family and friends and that's totally different from yeah, yeah. actually performing to strangers but yeah. i was on a high i i just loved the support and what i did and yeah but if i look at that gig now there were some things I said that I just thought, nah, I wouldn't say them now. This is so painful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all—it's all part of the learning. It's all part of the learning process. Yeah, but, yeah. but at the time, geez, I thought I had 
done ex- i did extremely well but i just thought the material was just oh you know top of the notch man that yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my friend. And then ten years, ten years down the line, you just look at the, you look at the set, and you wonder what was that all about. But that's all part of growth. That is all part yeah. of growth. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you what year was this when you first got up and did your first public address? I would say, I would say it was about twenty twenty eleven around that right. time. Right, right, right. So, so you've obviously gained a lot of experience since then by just gigging and gigging and gigging. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, I can't imagine you ever having a bad gig. You always make me laugh like a drain when I see you laugh out loud. I think you're, you're, you and the character are hilarious, which we'll come on to in a moment. Um, to date, what has been your best and worst comedy gig? Okay, the best comedy gig would be uh, when I supported Regina D. Hunter in October 2018. Wow. And uh, I was very, very excited that I, it was, yeah, it's still one of my, sure, it's one of the biggest gigs I've ever done, uh, supporting such a very big act. And I, I remember going to Aberdeen, uh, arriving in Aberdeen and um, seeing a placard and, and it said, welcome, Mr. President. I just thought... Oh, that know. was fantastic. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. for, for someone for someone who uh, had this creation as far back as 2011, for someone who started really performing at pubs um, to then performing in the theatre and having yeah, yeah. to come to the Festival and then supporting Reginald D. Hunter, uh, that, was, that, was, that was a great gig. It was a great gig for a number of things. One... Um, uh, Reginald Jean Hunter had never ever seen me. He had just heard about me, and he just took the risk and said, "I want, I want him to come and support me for one night." So oh, fantastic! It wasn't like he had already seen me. Yeah, but he, knew, he knew that 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 that, that, that uh, people were talking about me. The second thing was the fact that I was able to win Reginald D. Hunter's fans because they came to see him. They didn't came to come to see President Abonjo. Who's President Abonjo yeah. at the yeah. time? Nobody knew who President Abonjo was. So. Uh, the fact that I was able to win them over, the fact that Reginald D. Hunter's fans were able to go on Twitter and say, who are you? Where have you been? How come you haven't got your own tour? You are hilarious. That was just magical. Uh, the third thing was obviously the review. I got lots of reviews as a result of it. So, and uh, it was the very first show that began the Edinburgh Fringe, not the Edinburgh Fringe, the Aberdeen Comedy Festival. And so I, it was. It was great to be reviewed, and and it was a positive review. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just could not believe it. For days, I could not sleep, <laughs> reading, reading the review and reading what people were saying about me on Twitter, and I genuinely thought, "This is it once again." <laughs> <laughs> good man, that is I'm so gonna, good. Yeah, I'm gonna go on a tour. I'm gonna go on <laughs> tour. I'm gonna go on tour with Regina Deonta. It's gonna be all over the place. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> Uh, 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 a top act but um, yeah it was fantastic but there, there was something that happened that uh, almost didn't let that gig happen so my mom always said I was very clumsy and uh, she was absolutely right so I was so excited after we left the airport before the gig and we went into the hotel room and uh, they showed me my hotel room jeez man and you know when you're saying living the life uh, and you know and, and I had to just remind myself when I walked into the room, I said to myself, I am a great president. I shouldn't really be excited. I should be used to this. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I should be used to this sort of hotel room. There's no way. <laughs> I'm excited about this. Come on, come on, relax. It's going as to your head, my I, friend. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they shut the door, I was jumping all over like a little kid who had just opened a packet of you know chocolate and just discovered chocolate. I was oh, fantastic. Screaming. And I totally I did see this um there's this um, wardrobe that has some kind of like a cabinet that's you know really extended i didn't realize it was there and i just hit my head on the cabinet oh and, and then i fell down and i got up and i was saying to myself what the hell have i just done i'm in pain i'm in so much pain oh mate how am i gonna do this gig i've come all the way am i gonna do this gig i went into, i went into the bathroom and i saw my head was swelling up on this oh. and i just thought Geez, I have messed this up. My mom always said I was clumsy. I have messed this up. This gig is not going to go ahead. So I said to myself, calm down. There's no way they're going to know. So far, you don't have a head injury. There's no way they're going to know that this gig it, it can't take place. You just cover your head with your military hat. Yeah. Okay. So I went downstairs to the gig. As I arrived at the gig, I was in a little bit of pain because I could feel that it was swollen. Yeah. But I, I, I knew I hadn't had a head injury. Uh, I was in two minds. Should I tell them? And I thought, if I tell them, that's the end of it. I'm not doing the gig because they might be very worried that I have a head injury and would, wouldn't want me to be on stage. So I said, no, I'm not going to tell them. And then Regina D. Hunter then came towards me and said, Mr. President, you just have fun, but don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. No, when you said don't fuck it up, I have to say to you, the pain just went. Oh, raw, brilliant. The pain, the pain, that's what I needed. The pain just went. Then also, I was already in character mode. And I said, yes, it's your gig, Regina Dean Hunter. But you are telling a president, a dictator, not to fuck it up. <laughs> this, gig, this gig is so presidential because it's a, it was in a theater. And I just thought, I just I just froze out the fact that it was Regina D. Hunter's gig. And I just thought, this is now my show. These people have come to see me. These are my people. And uh, you know, it was it was fantastic. I came That's off, incredible. Yeah, I came off the stage. Uh, the pain had gone. I didn't even tell Regina D. Hunter. I told the organizers later on because I thought the way the room was designed, there was a problem with the with the cabinet. So they said they were going to do something about it. Yeah. But no, that was that was my best gig. That was my best wow. Gig. That that could have been your best and worst gig. Yeah, it could have been my best and worst gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is amazing. That is extraordinary. Let's move on to your wonderful character. Please tell me all about President Abonjo. How was he created? Where did he come from? For people who don't know, this is an extraordinary character. Please describe him to people who don't know because he's hilarious. So he's, his name is President Abonjo. He's an African dictator. He's bombastic. He's got charm. He's uh, <laughs> loud. He intimidates his audience. He's, uh, he's almost like a teddy bear. You just you just don't know why you love him, but you just love him. And I know yeah. that. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say that. I, people love him because he's the opposite. He's a dictator, but he's the opposite of a dictator. He's a benevolent dictator. Right. He really cares for people. And I think most people, when they see him on stage before he opens his mouth, they think he's a very brutal dictator. But he actually cares about people. And... Um, he was created 
Uh, not that he has any parents. It was just it just happened one day, and what <laughs> happened was my real wife uh, were, was supporting Hillary Clinton uh, during the Obama days. Yeah, right. President. So she was supporting Hillary Clinton, and I was supporting Obama. And then Obama becomes president, and my wife just all of a sudden, within a few days, not even a few days, not up to a day, has already started talking about Obama. Obama this, Obama, Obama is on TV. Oh, what a nice black man, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I just thought, I think my wife is attracted to Obama. I think my wife, <laughs> I think I think, I think, think she might end up wanting to sleep with Obama because this obsession, Obama, this Obama, Obama. And I, I'm not joking. Within a few days, she had got, bought me two of his books, The Audacity of Hope and Dreams of My Father. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just thought, What's going on with this? What's going on here? I, I, I thought I had a happy life. And all of a sudden, I'm a black man feeling a bit inadequate because my <laughs> wife is attracted to this handsome guy from uh, America who's now president. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I thought, how, how can I save my marriage? I need to save my marriage because my wife is attracted to Obama. So uh, I remember someone gave me the nickname Obonjo uh, right. in, in Nigeria. And I... and. I just thought, yeah, yeah, maybe if I add president to a bonjo, maybe, yeah, that could work. She'll have a president in the house. <laughs> Eventually, she'll stop talking about Obama. <laughs> and the names are similar, Obonjo, Obama. And at the time I created, I, I started using the name Obonjo. I had no idea that the uh, derogatory term for Obama was Obongo which is a racist term. So if you Google Obongo, or if you Google, yeah, if you Google Obongo, Obama comes up. Right. The racists were using that as a way of describing Obama, you know, Obongo the Mongo. So that's what they were doing. But I didn't realize that that name was uh, was linked to Obama, but it was just so funny that mine was Obonjo and his was Obongo, or they called him Obongo. Um, and, and that's it. And uh, I, I believe I succeeded because... In terms it of saving my took marriage, off. yeah, yeah, right. In terms of my marriage, because my wife still calls me President Abonjo, has forgotten about Obama. <laughs> <laughs> it's all all down to your wonderful wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so it was definitely to save my marriage. Um, but then I was performing as a civilian prime, uh, a civilian president for a couple of years, and then right. if you remember Obama. Obama was so Obama was really the inspiration and, and the, the reason apart from the fact that yes uh, my wife you know trying to save my marriage but also the fact that Obama uh, as you know had this catchphrase yes we can and then a couple of years later he was having some difficulties with the Republican Party and and I just thought if he was a real African president how will he behave he won't behave like a civilian president he'll behave like a dictator he will suspend the constitution he will lock all the republicans he obama needs to be an african dictator and, and it's it's a real shame that he ended up not being an african dictator the person who ended up being an african dictator was trump rather than yeah obama. yeah <laughs> that's awful yeah but, but um yeah, so that, that's how the character was created. And have, have you let um, President Obama know that he's the inspiration for the character? We haven't We haven't had the opportunity to meet. Uh, we no. met on Twitter, I've written to him several times. He hasn't yeah, right. responded. I suspect he doesn't want to be associated with a, 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 a dictator. I probably would right. have had more success if I linked up with Trump during the time <laughs> <of> power. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, Trump, 
Trump was <laughs> good yeah, answer. <laughs> yeah, Trump, Trump was friends with Kim Jong Un, friends with Putin. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I'm sure if I reached yeah. out to Trump, uh, but I I was jealous of Trump. I was really jealous of Trump because <laughs> as a character comedian as and as as president, I I used to be one of the funniest dictators in the world until Trump came through. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, but now, now that he's left, <laughs> you know, I've got the character has nothing in common with Biden. Nothing, nothing in common with Biden in any shape or form. Where, where did the um, Laughter Republic come from? Okay, so um, Laughter Republic came um, from. So I was doing a lot of stuff online before I started performing comedy on stage. Yeah, and Laughter Republic was created as a result of my disappointment. Uh, in the Nigerian government. So wow. Nigeria has gained independence for 60 years and the basic things that you expect people to have is still not there. Uh, people are getting richer and people are getting poorer. But it's, you know, it's just, it's just... Uh... Oh, I hope that's not the immigration. No, no, <laughs> just ignore it. <laughs> They're coming for me. They're coming for me. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so... So uh, I, I was just disappointed. I was disappointed with Nigeria and I was disappointed with Britain in terms of all the things that were happening in Britain, in terms of how Britain uh, treats immigrants. So I just thought, yeah, perhaps maybe I just create my own country, create my own utopia. And what would it be like to have an ideal, a very good country that, you know, caters and puts smiles on people's lips and, you know, faces and, you know, just a happy, a happy country with no problems, no unemployment problems, no immigration problems, no uh, wars with other countries. Do you know what I'm saying? Just a very happy country. And that's why I created Laughter Republic. And also because it was more about putting a smile on people's faces. And that's yeah. why I call it Laughter Republic. And, that, you know, and it didn't matter who you were, what you do, who you sleep with. So if you're a human being and you've got, you've got, you've got humor, you like humor. <laughs> If you're black, white, Chinese, brown, yellow, <laughs> just come and join the country. And that's yeah. what I to do. But I just have that. And it's just really interesting how, even though it's a fictional country, how people want to believe that it really exists. Mm. And people, are, so there are people who have met me at comedy clubs who now call themselves laughter Republicans. <laughs> I mean, how, well, what, you've, what, what you've done is create joy so they want to be with you and they want to be part of it it's as simple yeah. as that yeah exactly and that's and that's the challenge and that's of, wonderful that's the challenge of of the character because the the comedy and not many people understand this the comedy does not end on stage mm. you know he does the comedy but there are still people who follow him who want to interact with him on a regular basis i think i think that's the difference because um we had Al Murray on this podcast, and um, uh, I asked him, um, "How do you? Th why do you think the pub landlord has lasted so long?" And and he said, "The great thing about the character is that he can say what he likes because he believes in it, yeah. and he's so forceful at getting his points across, but he's so endearing as well. And you're you're exactly the same. It's yeah. such a." Um, an endearing character that it can run and run and run. You know, it's, 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 it's just wonderful to watch. Thank you very much. And what, what's not frightening, but what is really interesting is that you are the fifth person this week 
who has spoken to me and has said, oh, the character is very similar to the pub landlord. Yeah. In terms of how it's long. You can see. You can see. And, and so on that. So um, it's, 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 it's great. It's just the, the, the thing with the characters that there are times when I want to switch off from it if I yes. can. <laughs> so I remember, I remember when I used to, when I used to, and I still do it, but not regularly, when audience members will see me perform as Benjamin, and I am performing as Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. Sydney perform as President Abonjo. They are yeah. in a state of uh, almost anger. Like, what are you doing with president? You can't kill off the president. And I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying to myself, what have I created? Why, why can I just, why can I just get on with my life? You know, why? why? <laughs> have you have you tried to experiment with more characters, different characters? I, I have, and there are there are two more which I won't reveal that are out there that right. that, that are within me. Um, but I think for me, I don't know. I, it's almost like it's almost like you, you performing as yourself and you performing as uh, President Abonjo. And even there have been instances where I go to a comedy club and I want to perform as myself. Okay, so I've been booked as Benjamin. And the MC will come to me several times because psychologically he sees President Obonjo. He doesn't see Benjamin. And he's saying to Can't me. Can't get away from it. Yeah, and he's saying to me, he's saying to me You're, you are Benjamin today, aren't you? Yes. yes, I am Benjamin today. And he goes on stage and then he introduces me as President Obonjo. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So my greatest fear is that if I start enjoying all the other characters, that I might end up losing interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. because I've done it for so long now. And yeah. it's, it's just a world. I mean, there was another gig I did on Saturday. Mm. And I went to the gig. And I, I didn't dress in uniform to go to the gig. I, it was in my bag. And the comedy promoter saw me and he was panicking. He said, where's the president? Where's the president? <laughs> the wonderful thing is that he is his own character that they yeah. don't know you're playing him in, as a role that's wonderful yeah 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 yeah. even though yeah. there's been there's been if you if you look at my facebook page profile mm. personal profile i do post things about him that i mean it's really interesting how the 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 character has taken a almost a a, a life of its own yeah but yeah at one point someone said to me but you don't even tell us who President Obonja's parents are. You don't tell us a lot about <laughs> That's because it was created at the age of 45. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but again, but again it, you look at somebody like um, Steve Coogan and Alan Partridge, yeah. Yeah. and you know the, the longevity of that character. It's extraordinary. Yeah. One, yeah. Once you've hit the jackpot with the characters, you're yeah. away. It's, yeah, yeah. And, and, and actually, the, 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 someone said to me, would I ever kill... President Abonja, do I think I'll stop doing President Abonja? Considering that he's a dictator, um, and you know, less the late uh, the the woman who died recently, who was a friend of mine, a uh, comedy friend, Lynn Ruth Miller. Oh they, yeah, yeah, I thought that was tragic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, um, so far I have good health. I don't see how I'm going to stop being exactly. President Abonja. I I could be President Abonja till age 80 something and you know good man well i will be queuing i'll be queuing up to see him yeah, <laughs> if you have the likes of mugabe leave, yeah. leave, what stops me 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, how do you remember all your jokes and routines as the character or as a, as you as doing the stand-up? Um, I said, uh, I, I, like I said, I, 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 I was uh, an accidental comic and it took a while for me mm. to get to grips with the techniques of, of comedy. So how do I remember? There is, I think the longer you do it, the more, you know what works for you. So your jokes automatically are in your head. Yeah. Uh, obviously I have a notebook with uh, jokes that work, you know, with some set, you know, headlines yeah. or things I want to talk about. So it's really interesting that, and because for 18 months we stopped performing as comics. And some of us thought that when the first time we go back on stage that we wouldn't be able to remember our jokes. Yeah. Actually, if you've been doing something consistently for so long, in terms of me, I've been in for, you know, 11 years before the pandemic. And some of the jokes that I did, some of them had moved on. Some were still very relevant. But you remember, it's almost like it's almost like you're not driving for 18 months and yeah, then all yeah. of a sudden you start driving. You were you remember those jokes. So yeah, I think for me psychologically, the 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 more you do comedy and the more you understand your act, these jokes are already in your ingrained in you. Does that does that make sense? So yeah, tonight, yeah, much, very much so. So tonight I, I I've got a gig at uh, Dolich uh, Comedy Club performing as President Bonjo. Mark Thomas is going to be there. Um, and I already know the things I want to say. Yeah. Political. Yeah. But because I've been talking about it for well over uh, a week now, because I've been performing almost every day, it's there already. It's just that's brilliant. Yeah. So that's how I, yeah. I, for me, unless it would be really interesting to see, oh, this is what was really interesting. I did a gig on Saturday and uh, it was for a, uh, it was in Seven Oaks and the comedy, lo- the, you could tell that the comedy audiences were not really comedy lovers. So you, you're, I call you a comedy lover because I'm sure you know the techniques of comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was a joke I was doing at the time in character, but I paused uh, before I got to the punchline. And someone just screamed, he's forgotten his lines. No. Yeah, because she didn't understand that at times you need to pause. You need to pause for comic yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I just thought, yeah, I'm going to use that. So I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. I have forgotten my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. That's, and that's so good. And, and that's what I used throughout as my callback, just to, you know, as my callback. So that's brilliant. So yeah, it's, yeah. So it's, 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 it's uh, for me, it's just there. It's just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really Fascinating. Yeah. Um, you won the last minute Comedian of the Year award in 2016. Yeah. And reached the finals of the Natty's New Act of the Year also in 2016, as well as yeah. many other competitions. Describe the experiences, uh, what you think competitions are like. Do you think they're good, bad? Do they help you with your career? I think I think you just need to be clear because there are competitions and there are competitions. So there yeah. are some competitions that will raise your profile there's some competitions that would uh lead to you know improving your career so if you do for example reach the finals of a bbc competition yeah yeah you're 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 almost there you know because they take care of all the finalists yeah but if you're doing a competition called looting comedian of the year hello yeah (laughs) (laughs) no disrespect to Luton, but i know no disrespect to (laughs) to to the organizer okay fine what do you win you win 
you win uh, a paid gig and a paid gig is abroad, which is what happened. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was actually it was looting comedian of the year. Then that led to last minute comedian of the year. And then you get more gigs and it's good. It's good. You get, you know, it raises your profile. Yeah. Uh, new act of the year. Uh, that was the, 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 what they call the Hackney Empire. Uh, that was great. Uh, in terms of experience uh, and exposure, it was great exposure because that was the first time I was properly reviewed by industry people. So there were judges there from the industry and they made their views on what they thought about the act. And it was just brilliant. It was just 2016 was really, really brilliant in terms yeah. of reviews by the industry. Um, so it's a lovely feeling, but I think you just need to be clear. I think for me, there are two types of comedians. There are comedians who do this as a hobby and there are people who do this strategically because it's a career for them. Yes, yeah. So my advice is that if you if you see this as a career, then you need to be selective about the sort of competitions you go for. So uh, what's you called there? So you think you're funny. Yeah, you can only do that once. Yeah, so yeah. That, that for me, that's more for people who want to become you know, career comedians, if that, if that makes any sense. The same with BBC comedy competitions. So yeah. what I'm saying is that the experience is based on the, how it feels, it is based on what sort of competition it is. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. very much so, yeah. yeah. I appreciated every single, every single competition I, I because that, that is also an opportunity to be seen by industry people. Yeah. But would, and what would an industry person see uh, you performing at Luton Comedy Club or Luton Comedian of the Year, or would an industry person see you at BBC? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's just being clear about- I totally understand, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a joke here because uh, I also won the Malcolm Hadley Award 2019. Congratulations, what a legend. Uh, and, 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 and guess who won that award uh, as well, Trevor Noah. Oh, fantastic. But this is the thing. Trevor Noah won the Malcolm Hadley Award in 2012. And last night, he was at the uh, O2. Wow. President Obonjo won the same award in 2019. <laughs> Where was President Obonjo last night? At a walking men's club. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my friend, Trevor Noah's not talking to me today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Someone, someone responded. Someone, someone responded and said, Obonjo, 2012, uh, Trevor Noah, at least more than seven years. It's going to take you seven years. I will see you at the O2 when you're changing your phone contract. Oh, thank you very much. That's great. Yeah. Um, your character, the president, is exceptionally confident on stage whenever I've seen him. Mm. Um, do you suffer from any nerves before you go on stage? And if so, how do you cope with them? I, I Do I suffer from any nerves? Um, I think there was one I did probably a couple of weeks ago, and it wasn't nerves. It was just more, I'm not sure whether it was nerves. It was, um, it was at, a golf, at a golf club, right. and it was full of retired white people. Right, retired <laughs> were very, very rich. You could, you, I, you, as soon as I walked in, I could just tell. I could smell money. I could smell, <laughs> I could smell slave trade money. I could smell. I could, smell, <laughs> I could just smell money. 
<laughs> yes. And I just thought um, there were certain things I wanted to say that I thought wouldn't work there. So there's a, there's stuff I do about TikTok because I've gone viral. The character has gone viral on TikTok. And these are always too old for that. <laughs> so, so in my head, I was just thinking, okay, fine. This is what I wanted to say for 20 minutes. But actually, I've seen the audience. Some of the stuff is not going to work. What can I bring in to make it work? You know, how can I make it more relevant? And then, and I wouldn't say it was nerves, but it's just you get a bit jittery a little bit about, oh, do you think this your 20 minute material is going to actually work? in front of this audience, especially they're retired, they're rich. They're, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, and, you know, so, yeah, they, they, they're going to look at you like a walk of art, you know, like... Hanging <laughs> <laughs> on the wall. All dependent on the yeah, audience. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, then, and then what was really interesting, this is, this is an important point. When I walked into the room, I saw the Queen's portrait. Right. And there's something I do when I'm in character, I get people to pledge allegiance to me. And it was clear that these are all royalists. And then this African dictator is coming, asking royalists to get off. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I just thought, I will definitely be reminding them of Idi Amidada. I will definitely <laughs> be reminding them of Idi Amidada. And what's really interesting is after the gig, a few people came to me and said, oh, I, you know, I was in Zimbabwe or I was in Kenya, you know, the, the, that's how old. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They remember the, 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 the days when Idi Amin took over or, or, or all the things he did with, the, with he, you know, all the letters he sent to the Queen. So, yeah, so it's, yeah. Wow. Um, let's move on to Edinburgh. Um, I am very fortunate to be able to go to the Edinburgh Fringe every year. I didn't go this year and I didn't go last year, but I'm going to return next year. But I've been every year since 20, 2005 mm -hmm. and I go and see about 50 shows a week uh, every time I go in the middle week that I'm there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm absolutely shattered, but I have the best time. Um, can you tell me... Uh, what was your first Edinburgh fringe like? What year was it? What what experiences did you have from it? Well, uh, very good question, and it's probably the it's, it was probably the defining moment in terms of how there was no way I could look back and say I would stop doing comedy. Uh, I did a show called President Obonja Stole My Identity. And it was an hour show of which 45 minutes of it was President Abonjo. And then I revealed the real me. And I say, I'm fed up with the character. I want my <laughs> life back because he's sleeping with my wife, you know, taking my... <laughs> I, I was in Edinburgh for two weeks, just two weeks. And I was in uh, a place called the Cowgate Head. Yeah. In Fringe. You know, no disrespect to Cowgate Head, but, you know, now I look back and I say... Would the president play the Cowgate head again? Definitely no, because <laughs> the president needs to be at the Pleasance. The president needs to be yeah, at the... Yeah, 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 yeah. The president shouldn't be at Cowgate head. But at the time, I had no idea what Edinburgh Fringe was about. I had no idea. Someone just saw me again, saw me in uh, Stuart Logan, who has to be Scottish, saw me uh, at a place in uh, somewhere in South London. I was doing a preview there and he said, well, Bonjo, do you want to come to Edinburgh Fringe? I said, what is it? He said, it's a festival. I said, okay, cool, let's go. So I did a two-hander with him and I did my one hour show as president of Bonjo. I had no idea that you, at times you needed a director. 
I had no idea that you had to get reviewers in. I had no idea how audiences came through. All I did was I knew I had a show. I knew I had this act. I knew I'd got a room and I knew that the act was going to be popular. So I started walking around the streets, distributing leaflets. Before I knew what was happening, people were saying, there's a dictator in town. <laughs> I was like a walking poster. I didn't, I had flyers, but it does me walking around the streets of Edinburgh in 2015. Anyway, cut long story short. So I did my first uh, night and the next day I saw someone had written stuff about me and it was John Fleming. Right. Uh, and he had written about how brilliant the character was and the show was just mental and that it's unfortunate that uh, he probably won't be discovered at the fringe because he's not uh, a well-known act. He hasn't got a producer. He hasn't got a production company. But he's at Calgate Head. That blog that he did, because it was more of a blog rather than a review, everybody read that and reviewers came to the show. Now, I have to say to you, when I was performing, I had no idea that reviewers were in the room. I didn't even know what reviewers were. I did what I did and then boom, four star, five star reviews. Wow. Yeah, uh, the five star review was from the Fringe Guru. The four star review was from We Review. Once again, there are reviews and there are reviews. Yeah. But it was brilliant to get those reviews because people then knew who President Abonja was because it was just a, a, an industry review and people just heard yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Edinburgh Fringe that you had to do a full month. Mm. I did two weeks. Mm. Mm. I did two weeks. I just did two weeks. Boom, and I was out. But it's all it, about it's all about exposure when you're there. I think though, so so the more people that get to see you, the more known known you become. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you just need to be clear about why you're going to Edinburgh. Are you going to Edinburgh? Yeah. With exposure. Are you going there to be discovered? Are you going there to make money? Do you understand what it's like in Edinburgh for so because there are, believe it or not, I'm sure you know that. Because yeah, yeah. Edinburgh reflects our society. So we've got the free fringe, yeah. yeah, and we also have the paid fringe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There are reviewers who will not go to the free fringe. Right. Yeah, because they'd rather pursue a paid fringe. There are reviewers who will definitely go to the paid fringe. You see, it's it's a they, they don't tell you these things. You eventually yeah. you them unless unless you 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 have someone who guides you and talks you through these things because yeah. those comics when they first start unless they're lucky and they get picked up all we are focusing on is just performing and getting better yeah they don't tell you all the other things yeah. behind yeah yeah nobody, nobody told nobody told me reach that you know you know, go go with us go with a 30 minutes first and then next year go with 45 minutes and the next year go with an hour i just went in boom with an hour. <laughs> Boom. Boom. And that was it. And that's it. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, and I have, I genuinely have no regrets. No. Doing it the way I did it because yeah. I, I, I had to learn the hard way, but it was the best way because, you know, we're, we're all not going to be picked up or noticed by the industry. Yeah, so you've yeah. got to find other ways. This act is more of a, you know, you hear people talk about, oh, this person is a comedian's comedian. I actually see President Obonjo as an audience comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what is what is fascinating is um, you saying about reviews and blogs and all the rest of it. Um, 
how I started my blog, it was just my experiences, and it still is just my experiences of watching all the comedians. I had to go on a, a half, I was invited to go on a half day writing course, which I went on, and everybody around me wanted to be reviewers. And the woman came up to me and she said, we've forgotten why we've invited you. And I said, well, I'm not a reviewer. I'm not a diarist. I'm not a reporter. I'm not a critique. I'm a member of the audience and I'm out to have a good time. So my blog will hopefully reflect what it's yeah. like being an audience member in such a positive environment. Yeah. And they yeah. never and, bothered me again. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and well done for doing that because yeah. we need more of you like that. Because like that, like I said, not everybody is going to get reviewed. Yeah. Now, not all the reviewers are going to like what you do. Yeah. Who are the key people? I really feel very strongly about this. And this is one of the reasons why I still do comedy. I do comedy for my audience. Yeah. I do comedy to make people laugh. Exactly. I cherish, I cherish the feedback I get from my audiences. I mean, yeah. I, went, I went to a Walkerman's uh, club last night. And, and we know that at times when audiences talk, and they've just seen you. They're quite emotional. It's almost like yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you make yeah. love to a woman and you, you, you promise everything, you know, even though you don't want to give her everything. But yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> and this guy said this That's to me. Magic. This guy said this to me yesterday. And I know he meant it. And he said, President Abonjo, you came into a walking man's, uh, a walking man's club and you turned this club into a theater. I mean, what more? What uh, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, when you take that feedback compared to a reviewer who may well not like your act yeah. and reviews you badly, which one are you going to go for? Exactly. Exactly. It's all about who turns up, who um, uh, making an audience laugh. It's as simple as that. Yeah. If you can do that and you can do that very, very well, you've yeah. achieved your aim. Yeah. Uh, I saw your solo show in 2015. I was at Cowgate uh, and I saw President Abonjo stole my identity. I oh, thought okay. it was fantastic. I even uh, chatted to you outside as you gave me a flyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see, it, it was so, so good. I've seen you do that show and I've seen you many times live. And uh, I, I saw you online last year doing a presidential address for Beefy's comedy. Yeah, as well, which was fantastic. Um, do you have a writing process? And if you do, where do you get your ideas for your shows and routines from? I know you've touched on this before, but do you go in with a specific theme for a show that he's going to talk about? Or how, how does it work? Well, so in the writing process has taken so many forms. So yeah. Previously, what I used to do was I'll have ideas of things I want to say on stage and I'll just jot them down and I'll just go on stage, say them. If they're funny, keep them and start being in my set. Right. That's simple. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's that simple. Brilliant. But, um, more, yeah, and, and that's what used to happen for so many years. I, I was never ever the comic who would sit down and say, okay, fine, let me go into a coffee shop yeah, and yeah. Just write stuff. My writing actually took place on stage that's fantastic yeah uh, but there's a risk to that there's there, there, there's a there's a risk because it might not walk or you might just be all over the place but it was it was the best writing process and it's still the best writing process for me so everything i have said over the years is because i've said it on stage it's worked boom and then we stuff that will happen tonight that i know will be funny that i haven't written 
but it's in my head or it just happens because there's something that happens. Yeah. For example, I'll give you a good example. So the Seven Oaks um, gig I went to was uh, in a place called Knockholt. And the president never ever pronounces any of these names properly. It's just <laughs> like, uh, right. It's <laughs> so he basically said, uh, it, it's Knockboat. And then people just laughing. So he then he did say to himself, yeah, Knockboat. And they said, no, it's not Knockboat. The correct name is Knockholt. I said, yeah, well, whatever it is, he's not English. Why would you, you said he wasn't English. Why do you, why, why would you expect me to pronounce an English word when I'm not English? Can you pronounce an African village name properly? No, you can't. And he went, yeah. And he went on a rant. And he said, by the way, knock, knock bolt or knock hold, whatever. <laughs> look at you. You all look like you're knocking each other. You know, you're just knocking each other. <laughs> <laughs> What is, what is great about it um, off the top of your head is that it keeps you on your toes as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah. and I, think, I, think, I think for me, the audience appreciate the fact that they saw you do stuff yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah. And for me, the stuff that happens immediately that's spontaneous really attracts me to comedy. And actually, it's more, that, that is why I'm so drawn to the writing process on stage. Another oh, yeah. example was That's yesterday. Fantastic. Another example was yesterday. This was at the Walking Men's Club, and there was a woman who was hyperventilating <laughs> while the president was performing. <laughs> she must have been pleased to see you. I don't know. I don't know whether she was pleased to see me or whether she was planning some kind of. Eventually, maybe there might be some kind of. I don't know what what she was planning, but. I found I was on stage as the character and I noticed that she that there was some mumbling that someone was out of breath. So can you imagine? That's not what you expect. You don't go to a place to go and perform and someone is out of breath. <laughs> so in my mind, and this is the psychological thing, there's the Benjamin that is saying, okay, stop the gig, go out and attend to her. But there's a president who's a dictator. What would a dictator do? What would a dictator do who is out of breath? Of course, he will enjoy the situation. So, <laughs> so kind of with a character, yeah. So, in character, in character, I basically said, "Okay, uh, yeah, this is happening. Okay, is she okay? Are you sure she's okay?" And they said, "Yeah, she's okay. That she'll settle down." I said, "Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the news flash tomorrow? African dictator kills elderly woman." <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> And they were laughing, and they were laughing. So <laughs> for me, the writing process doesn't end on you just, you know, doing stuff that you yeah. haven't done on stage. But the beauty of the writing process, as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that you're on stage and something happens and you can do it, or you just, it, off the cuff, something happens, boom. Yeah, you yeah, that, that, that is wonderful. Um, let's move on. Um, how have you found have you done many online gigs and how have you found them as opposed to live gigs um they, they will never ever be um they will never ever be like live gigs and i know there were quite a number of people who were reluctant to embrace um online gigs as soon as the pandemic began however my view is whilst i recognize that they're um they're not like live gigs but for someone like me, they were very useful in terms of me keeping in touch with my fans. Yeah, yeah. So I, I used to do one-off um, 
uh, Zoom gigs with my, my with my audience, people who I've met at other clubs, and and also I didn't realize some of the disability access issues. So there were quite a number of people who never went to live comedy shows yeah. because they were no they, they were disabled and couldn't have access to. The, but all of a sudden, the online gigs gave them the opportunity to see as many comics, you know, half naked watching yeah, yeah. the president. <laughs> 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 so um I for me it, it's that it was no longer a case of whether I enjoyed them it was more about the fact that there were people out there who wanted to have some kind of entertainment and enjoyment yeah 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 and and that yeah and that and that was the opportunity I totally agree because um I went to a lot of online gigs uh um uh, I went to Always Be Comedy, I went to Happy Mondays, I went to um, uh, The Return of the Crack, Jarlath Regan's one on a Friday. And there were excellent substitutes when they were done really well. There were, yeah. there were really good substitutes for the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, you can't beat live because, you, as you said earlier, you never know what you're going to get live on stage because you're in the moment. And yeah, that's, but, but, that's but I love yeah, I know, but I also loved. I just loved the fact that it took us to a. It, it, it's a different. It's a different skill. Yeah, you performing on Zoom or yeah. online, and I I picked up things that I wouldn't have done on a live stage. Yeah. So yeah. the thought of the fact that I, as a dictator or president, <laughs> would 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 do a gig online, and I couldn't get people to stand up and pledge allegiance to me. <laughs> You could, I bet you tried. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apart from the fact that some of them were half naked. It didn't <laughs> yeah, but, 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 the, but also the fact that they were half naked watching a world leader in their rooms or in their living rooms. How many, how many people, they don't do that with their real world leaders. <laughs> so, so that there was so much material that came yeah, out yeah. from the Zoom. And, and at times when my internet wasn't working, yeah, yeah. I tell them I was, I was, I was, you know, in Africa, and there was an issue with the internet service. You yeah, know, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so, there's so yeah. much stuff that you can do. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I think the question should be, how do you adapt to change? How yeah. do you embrace change? Because no one saw the pandemic coming. No one saw that we were going to have to do online gigs. And the people who did well at online gigs are the people who embraced change immediately. Very much so. Adapted their style, and boom. Yeah, the first very early ones I went to, um, the they they had the front row virtual audience and the comedians on on the stage. So 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 the the comedians could see this front row virtual audience, but initially there was no audio. Yeah. So I was I when I was laughing with my loud laugh, I, I I was belting out a loud laugh, but laughing at four walls. I thought I was going to be taken away because they couldn't hear me. You know, I was like, ha, <laughs> but I, I couldn't be heard. And then they opened up the audio on the front row and it, it the comedians could then time a joke, chat to the audience. It worked really well. And they did, the, as I say, they did the very best that they could do with it. But as I say, for me, you, you, you cannot beat live. Um, who are your favourite comedians, past and present? It's very difficult because when people ask me who are my comedians, who are, my, who are the comedians, 
the president doesn't actually see himself as a comedian. <laughs> of course not. I, of course. It's a yeah. wrong question to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he sees himself <laughs> as a politician. And he one of his frustrations at the moment is the fact that he's on the bill with comedians, but he's not on the bill with politicians. <laughs> so if I was asked, answering the question on on uh, as as the act as President Bonja, I would say it's Kim Jong-un, Putin. Yeah. <laughs> Assad, you know, right. the, you know on a serious note, um, I, I liked, I liked Benny Hill. I know he wasn't yeah, a yeah. stand up comedian. I liked Benny Hill. I liked, um, uh, what's his name? Um, George Carlin. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. 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 I liked uh, Bill Hicks, Richard. Oh, Pryor, yes. Yeah. Eddie yeah. Murphy. I struggle with, um, I struggle with, I would say I don't like British comedians, um, but I would say that the person who, uh, the person who really comes and springs to mind for me would be um, Lee Nelson. Brilliant. Oh, what a, what a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 In, terms of, yeah. in terms of character comedy. So not, ne not, ne not necessarily straight stand-up comedy, but more, you know, character comedy. Character-based yeah. comedy. Yeah, there's, there's, there's Al Mori. I haven't seen him live, but I've yeah. seen him yeah. Marcel yeah. Leconte. Yeah, yeah, those are, yeah, yeah. So you can see why I'm drawn to actually... Character-driven comedy. Character-driven comedy rather yeah. than straight um, stand-up. It's it's interesting because um, the very first the very first comedian I ever saw was Les Dawson mm. on holiday in uh, Scarborough with the family, and mm. a year later we saw Tommy Cooper. This was in the seventies. Yep. And um, uh, I've seen just about everybody ever since. I've been very lucky, but um, in Manchester in. 1992 somewhere around there we saw bill hicks live and he was just incredible he came, he came on at midnight and he did an hour and no matter what he said you were just drawn in and you were listening to what he was saying it's and it's very much in that respect like your character mm. the president when he said that when you say i'm going to do a presidentially address you're in and you're listening and, and well, what have you got to say and, and and you're not necessarily trying to find the jokes you're trying to find um the point of what you're saying right, yeah, makes yeah. It 10 times more funny yeah. and it's 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 so wonderful to see thank you i mean there was there was there was a comment yesterday as well that that got me thinking and that person said i was just so much in all of the dictator i have never ever loved a dictator in my life why would I want to love a dictator? But i don't know why i just love this dictator and it felt like you were on stage and i was watching a film yeah 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 it's brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah, brilliant yeah, exactly. that's exactly so, it yeah exactly so yeah i, I yeah like you, you mentioned tommy cooper yeah I, that that was the name that, that i wanted to mention as well i i i'm also drawn to i just love the fact that you go on stage and someone did it yesterday and it also happens to me as well there's someone called david Locke. yeah yeah you must you must know him he's a young comic mm, mm. and he just went on stage and for a few minutes he didn't say anything and people yeah. were just laughing people were just in awe of his persona there's this next level where where they go on and they they either twiddle the glasses like eric morecambe i would have yeah, loved yeah. to have seen Mark yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Cooper or yeah. 
yeah, yeah. those those so many that have got that, and you just think, why am I laughing? You haven't done anything. Exactly, exactly. And and, and I'm not. And I must say that I'm not drawn to comedy that uh, that is spoken and it's intelligent. But geez, I I think that those those moments like the Tommy Cooper or those moments where you're you're able to just go on stage mm. and not say anything is is a walk of art. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the other day, uh, because it was it was all about COVID. Uh, so I was given a mic and then I was given a wipe. And so the president was wiping, wiping his mic. And while he was wiping his mic, everybody was just laughing. Yeah. And, then, and oh, so you've achieved it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he said, but I'm president. Why am I wiping this? <laughs> wipe this mic for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's just those it's just magic it's, yeah it's just it's, those, 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 are, those are the magical moments those are the magical tommy, moments. tommy cooper when we saw him he walked on stage to thunderous applause and then he just went good night everybody and walked off <laughs> <laughs> and that was genius and then came back over again yeah. but you see that you see and, and I, I don't i don't know whether whether it's it, it was it was like that the way it is now where my view is that some people want to teach you how to do comedy. Yeah, yeah. Comedy. You've got to be natural, I think. Yeah, my view is that you've got to be natural and you've got to have your own voice. Obonjo is his own voice. Yeah, exactly. Omar is his own voice. Master Lucon is his own voice. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Lee is his own voice. I can yeah. never be Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee can never be Obonjo. They they say he's racist if he tries it. So, you know, it's... Yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> Very good, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this has been an absolute joy chatting to you. It really has today. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Um, just before we go, is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, do you have any um, planned tours coming up? Do you have any online gigs? Where can people find you on social media? Oh, any I haven't, I haven't got any on tour yet, uh, but I'm hoping that that will happen. Yeah. Uh, the biggest project is I'm launching my own comedy night. It's called Laughter in Public Comedy Congress. Oh so, my friend, I'm gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got a logo. Uh, I'm looking for a venue. It has to be a venue that is presidential. You know, it can't be it can't be a pub gig. It can't no. It can't. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, it has to be a venue that when you walk in there, you say, "Oh my, this is a pre." This, this, this is a, it's almost like a political meeting. Sorry. Sorry? That's going to be something special. Like yeah, it has to be, it has, yeah, it has to be something special. Like even I want a venue where you come in, you're already laughing. You already yeah. feel that this is funny because you, you have to argue what is an African dictator doing running a comedy night? What, 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 what? <laughs> You've got to work out a good reason why. <laughs> why is it running a comedy night? So I want something different and I'm taking my time. The logo has been has been publicized yeah everybody likes the logo yeah so it's just finding the right venue um and you know if, if, if it wasn't because of the way things were don't see how how it wasn't possible for him to run the president to run a comedy night at, at number 10 downing street do you right know? my friend i'm i'm with you on that one yeah or the house of commons there must be there must be a room in the house of commons yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a serious note it has to be presidential because yeah. It's a presidential night, and yeah. the whole idea is that comedians will come and perform from various countries. Sure, comedians based in the UK, and they yeah. just do their thing for comics, 
uh, but I want I want something, I, I, and I know that people are still very apprehensive. I think the, the, the places that are doing well at the moment are the established clubs. So I know I've got my work cut out, but I think the president can do it. I know. think you can as well. And as I say, I will be first in the queue. I can't, it's such a great idea, yeah. as is your character. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful character that makes me made me laugh such a lot over the years yeah he, it's, he, been, it's been an absolute delight talking to you it really has yeah thank you thank you so much i i i would say that the the, the president will be jealous that he wasn't the one who was invited to talk <laughs> <laughs> well we might have to do another one with him yeah who knows <laughs> all the best my friend and thank, thank you, you so thank much you. thank you bye